everybody have a seat hey hands to yourself please hands to yourself hey have a seat Preston have a seat okay all right guys are you ready are you ready okay okay we're all gonna say what we love when I call your name okay all right who wants to go first anybody but him anybody um Yoslin come on yes 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 I love when my mom makes me grapes with extra Nutella and strawberries. Strawberries, okay. No, we all have our own opinion. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? Does anybody want to go next? Uh, Sanaya, go ahead. So, I like when uh, I hide my mommy's keys in my toy box and watch her freak out. Okay, um, next, anybody else? Uh, Julia, go ahead. Not yet, Billy, please no. Um, I love love. You love love? Okay, um, who's next? Uh, Ian, go ahead. So, the other day, I went to McDonald's, right? And, like, I got a four-piece nugget because, like, a six-piece nugget hurts my tummy. And then I got one french fry because, like, a four-piece nugget, it was too filling, right? And then I got a Coke, right? And then it was, it was I, I got it two days ago, and I'm still so hyper. And then I went to the play place. And then, and then after we left the play place, we were in the mall, right? And then we saw this really scary guy. Okay, uh, have a seat. Um, and then we were that's like, enough. That's enough. That's enough. Um, who wants to go next? Okay, Billy. Come on. Come on. Hi. I'm Billy, like to go, bah. <laughs> and I really love Jesus. Oh, you love Jesus. Why do you love Jesus, Billy? Because the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, and God. Okay, um, looks like it's time for recess. Let's go. Let's hear it for uh, Ms. Weaver's uh, preschool class. It's that season. It's love season. How many have watched Peanuts? Anybody ever watched Peanuts? It's like every year, every year since I was a kid, I, I think it came out when I was a kid. I really do. When it was, it was new when I was a kid. Uh, and you, you turn on Peanuts Christmas and you start hearing the stories of Christ. And those kids are so great. And I know you thought, well, those were some really tall preschoolers. But can I tell you that just yesterday, they were preschoolers. Can I get an amen? amen. And uh, the people that you're sitting next to, it just seems like time, am I right? It just kind of flies by. And before you know it, here you are, and you're grown-ups. But you still have preschool stuff going on. I get amens right now. Right? Those kids were so good at that because it was just yesterday they were. It, does anybody, ha, any of those belong to anybody in this room? Anybody? Okay, so. Yeah, the biggest one belongs to me. So. Uh, um, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive our
try that again? You almost got it, all right? So just sing it like you're a caroler, all right? Are you ready? Joy to the world. salvation, what salvation really means. And you might say, well, I thought it was the Christmas season. It is the season of Christmas. It is the season of Christmas. She shall bring forth her, uh, a son and you will call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the one who saves. That's what the name means. Yeshua in the Hebrew, uh, Joshua is how we would pronounce it. The Savior. We need someone who will take us into the land of uh, the land of promise. He is uh, prophetically. He is Jesus the Christ. He is the Messiah, the one that we have longed for, the one that we have looked for. But His purpose is to come and to save. Anybody so thankful that you're saved? Are you so thankful? I'm so thankful that I'm saved. I don't want to take that for granted. Amen? I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Praise Jesus for salvation uh, through Jesus. We are celebrating the season of Advent. Today, we have lit the candle of joy. And we are, we are celebrating this. Historically, we are celebrating it. I want you to know the purpose. I, I did. Uh, I, I have this tendency not not to pick fights. I'm not that guy. All right. Not too often. But I uh, walked into a grocery store and and after I got my groceries last week, I I just uh, told a girl who was waiting on me. I said, well, I hope you're having a wonderful Christmas season. And she just shook her head at me and said, it's not the Christmas season. It's the holiday season. Well, I just feel myself getting happy right there, you know, I just, just feel, all right, I get to talk about something. And uh, I tried to explain to her, I said, no, it's the Christmas season. She said, no, no, it's not the Christmas season. It's the holiday season. She said, there are lots of holidays. Well, which ones are you talking about? Tell me about it. She said, well, there's Halloween and there's, th I'm telling you, this is a quote, and Thanksgiving and, and uh, there's Hanukkah. And there's Christmas. And I thought, sweetheart, you are really working on this. And by that time, Dinah's grabbing my arm because she knows I'm about to take off. <laughs> so it was with joy that I said, oh, you just, you just haven't heard about this. And you, you just missed the, 
whole idea. This is the Christmas season. It is a season. It's historical that we celebrate the season, the Christ Mass. This is a time where believers gather. She just kept shaking her head, shaking her head. There are people behind me, and I had to, but I, I tried my best to explain. I planted some seeds. Anybody with me on that? You got to tell people. And it's okay. There's another thing. Somebody say holiday. Say it. Holiday. You know what? The, I mean, break those. That's two words. Holy day. Okay. It is the season of holy days. These are holy days. So I don't want you to, I don't want you to celebrate on the 25th. I want you to celebrate now. I want you to be singing songs. I want every, I'm, go ahead and give some gifts out already. Tell people about it. Don't, don't have a chip on your shoulder. Don't they send a holiday. Don't, don't worry so much, but help them say, oh, that means holy days. Amen. Amen. Love people into the kingdom of God. So today, I want to talk about good news of great joy, Luke, 10, Luke 2 and 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. So let's read that again together. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. So again, this is the third Sunday of Advent. It would seem that for me, just lighting a candle would give you a certain amount of joy. Anybody like, like to light candles? It just, it just brightens the place up, right? Try it. Just light some candles. Light some candles. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I gave out candles last year. Do I need to do that again for you? To give you candles, to go home and just light a candle in the morning and pray together. I'm telling you, it will help you. Look at me. It will help you. Light a candle, read the Bible, pray together. But, and and if, you know, if you've got family in the house, if you're single, do it yourself, all right? And you might say, well, why, why light the candle? Change the atmosphere. Amen. All right? Just change the atmosphere. Uh, and you say, is it a holy candle? Well, if you want to bless it, sanctify it, help yourself. Uh, we I just bought ours somewhere, you know, like... Walmart, you know, whatever. And uh, so we, we light the candle. Uh, I always, we always share the word. We always check in with each other to make sure we're okay. And we always pray. And that's, we can't leave the table until that's done. Every morning, even Sunday morning. Say every morning, say every morning, every morning. Got any, anybody that's married in the house? Anybody, any couples in the house? All right. All right. Listen. Anybody got kids in the house? Anybody got kids in the house? Don't just rush them out the door. Pray every morning together. Got any husbands that have a... Got any men in the house? Take the leadership on it. All right? Now, uh, we did forget to blow our candle out the other day and had to get a new one. Thank God it was in a globe. You know, it just (laughs) melted all the way down the bottom. We got home and it was just like a... It was a glob of wax and a... And the candle was still burning, hallelujah. So I'd like to also add to this, blow the candle out when you're finished. It's, it, 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 during the season of Christmas, it would seem that having, a, just turning some lights on and, you know, just, you know, when you walk into the mall and you see Santa over there, it just, just the season, it would seem like there would be great joy. Uh, can I tell you, I have seen a lot of crying children at the shopping mall. All right, I have seen. You're going to see Santa. No! You know, and uh, 
It's, it's true. And so, so I, what I'm saying is that uh, there are things that we, we believe can set the atmosphere, but there, there's stuff going on. Can I get an amen? In people's lives till sometimes you are so conflicted, you are so rushed, you are so tired, you, you feel like you don't have enough until it's just like really... Do you have to put all those lights up? I mean, really? Do I have to go through all of this? But today we're at church. And one of the things that I might be called to tell you today is something that most people would give me a hearty amen to. So, so please hold your amens just for a moment, okay? I could say that joy is more than happiness. I say, you gave me, it wasn't a hearty, but it was an amen, all right? And I, and I probably said that sort of thing. Just because you're happy doesn't mean that you have joy. And I, and I understand this because our sense is that joy is deeper than momentary happiness. I just want to tell you that there's a struggle here. When I talk about this, there's a struggle. When I start talking about joy, there are folk that really say, can we just pass this up? I don't need somebody telling me that I need to be joyful. Mm -hmm. A little B3 organ going on in the background. We talked about peace last week. Peace, not being at war. Is that good? That peace is, is not necessarily what you're experiencing on the outside. It's what's going on. It's that inner peace, even when you don't have peace in the world around you. I believe that. It's what we learned last Sunday about peace. Uh, it's that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, fearing nothing from God and content with its purpose. Peace is a position in God that perpetuates the end of your constant struggle. I'm at peace. Anybody know you're saved? Now, do you know you're saved? I know that I'm saved. I know that I... Anybody know that you are? So Jesus is our peace and, and I am not the peace. He did something that I couldn't do. I could not acquire peace on my own. Now joy, on the other hand, is different. When, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and the angel appeared and said, do not be afraid. I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy. He didn't say uh, great circumstances for all the people. He didn't say Great jobs for everybody. He didn't say, he didn't become a politician suddenly and say, if you vote for Jesus as the Christ, then this is what you're going to get. The, the words great joy speak of a joy, however, that is available to everyone. And, and this, come on, this is the best Christmas sale of the year. All right, this is better than anything you bought. We like to think that there is this massive difference in happiness and joy, but really it's more of a cultural thing. We want to make sure that you realize that just because you're happy doesn't mean you have joy. But I keep hearing things like this. Well, it's just a feeling. Well, let me help you. Joy makes you feel better. Right? If you have inner joy, and excuse me, if I... Feel good. Is there anybody that feels good in the house right now? I just, if, if, if yes, 
I want you to know I have wept through the night before, I'm, I, I, but, but I'm looking forward according to Scripture. Even if I'm weeping, I'm looking forward to joy coming in the morning. Why, why are feelings? It's like we keep telling people, just ignore your feelings. We, we tell people that. Why is it that only in Christianity do we tell people sometimes ignore your feelings, not at freedom? It's, it, ignoring your feelings is a good way to get sick. Ignoring what's going on inside of your life. And yes, happiness seems to be about circumstances. And joy is about an internal and eternal change of circumstances that transforms your life internally. But that internal change will transform the way that you look at life. Joy is happiness that doesn't stop because you forgot to buy batteries on Christmas morning. I think we know a lot about sadness. But in the word, what we're hearing is through Jesus, we're going to turn things around. How many know turning things around makes, makes you feel better? Anybody know that? Anybody have done the hokey pokey before? Anybody done that? I mean, you put your right hand in, you put your left hand, your right foot, your left foot, and it's all good. But it's great when you turn yourself around. All right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that, that's cute. All right. So do you consider yourself full of joy or are you or are you just stuck? Is your bucket half full or is your bucket half empty or do you even own a bucket? If I if I could take your joy temperature, what would it be like? Everybody hold your finger up like this and let's just check your joy temperature, okay? All right? All right. So uh, who are you most like? All right? Are you most like Grinch or more like SpongeBob? Or do you look at those two guys and think, I don't want to be like either one of them? <laughs> or are there those of you in this room that would say, I like Grinch, he just seems a little bit more like me, a little more cool, and tells people what he thinks. Or I want to, I can't, you know, I like SpongeBob because it's like, it doesn't matter. It's just, everything is always wonderful, you know, because, but, but could you just go ahead somehow and tell me where you are? Where are you on? Are you full of sadness and sorrow and bitterness? Or are you full of joy and peace? I mean, yeah, most people are right there. Can I get an amen? I, I see that. I, I want us to look at them just a bit this morning uh, because, come on, Grinch. Come on, SpongeBob. Let's see if we can correct some things in our life. I have to work at this because I'm a shepherd. And sometimes, sometimes I take it personally. Okay? Here's, I'm going to tell you my issue. I'm going to tell you. I can't fix everybody. And that gets at my gut. It does. I really want to fix you all. I really do. And uh, I can only lead people to the Lord. You know, you've heard, can't, you know, lead a horse to water, can't make him drink. 
I used to have a horse and we used to go to the Little Miami River and when they were thirsty, you had to hang on to the horse because they will, can I, anybody know what I'm talking about? They will stick their nose right into the water and just keep walking out until it gets deep. You got to hang on to them. Uh, but it's fun because we were good at it. So we just let them drink and just walk right out to the deep water. And next thing you know, we were swimming across the river with our ponies. You know, that was, those were good old fun redneck days. But uh, I, can, I can preach to you today. And it is a possibility that when I finish, you can say, well, no big deal. But if you will, put your muzzle down in the water with me this morning. Somebody say amen. amen. We could see some things change. I love Christmas. Anybody love Christmas? I love Christmas giving. I love Christmas gifts. I love the, the celebrations. The only struggle is that our giftings at Christmas are often so temporary. Many of you cannot even remember what you received last year. And, and the joy becomes temporary. My problem is I don't know personally always what I want. People ask me, what do you want for Christmas? And anybody get to that place in your life, people say, what do you want? It's like, Hadn't really thought about it. I, I don't have to have a gift under the tree anymore to make me be filled with joy. However, I kind of want something. Don't know what it is. What, what kind of gift would change things for you? There are people in here, if I gave you a new car, that would make you happy. Can I get an amen? amen. New car, front yard, big bow on top of it. Amen. All right? But some people would just be happy to have a tank of gas. Do you see how it's relative right now? I mean, if I gave somebody a new car, it's like, what am I going to do with this? I don't have a driveway. I don't have money for insurance. I certainly don't have money to pay the taxes on that bad boy every year. And I don't have the money to put gas in it. Please, don't give me a new car. Give me the money you were going to spend on it. Would you like to be filled with joy? And, and the, the Bible says in Acts 13, 52, there's this moment where the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Read that. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So we see that the Spirit of God is really connected with joy. Somebody say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. So joy, it is uh, uh, Cairo. It is uh, a calm delight, but it is to be overflowed, to be filled with joy, to be filled with is to be crammed full of delight, crammed full of it. Now, uh, this story is a very interesting place for this. How many would like to be filled with joy in the Holy Spirit? Anybody want to be filled with joy in the Holy Spirit? Because the context of this statement is in Acts chapter 13, 49, where we find that the disciples are in Antioch and, and the word of the Lord is being spread throughout the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city and raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. They threw them out, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Do you see what's going on here? Do you see this? So they're at one place and it does not work out. They're in a situation in their life where people are angry 
and they have rejected. Anybody ever felt rejection before? Anybody ever felt that before? You see, you can't live in that for the rest of your life. And there are people that will hate you and people that will despise you. There are people that will despise you simply because you are a man or a woman of faith and you proclaim the good news of Jesus. Let me tell you, you can't let the debris of that hang on you for the rest of your life. Because if you just sit there for all of your days, you will never realize that there's somebody somewhere else who needs the message of Jesus Christ. It's old school. Some people can't, you know, can't deal with your joy. You can't let people steal your joy. Amen. Don't let people steal your joy. Some of you have been upset for like a month now over something that happened. Come on. I'm not going to let anybody steal my joy. Come on. Right. Say it. Nobody can steal my joy. We're talking about real joy. So, so joy right where you are. God has a gift for all of us in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation we keep hearing about this gift that's incoming. You, you read about it in Genesis. You read about it through the prophets. This gift. He's coming. He's coming. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. And, and, uh, and all the things that he's going to do. The Christ is going to come. The, the, the Son of Man is going to come. And the Bible says over and over, you're going to get a gift. You're going to get a gift. That's kind of like that building up, you know, with your kids. Uh, what are you going to give a person? I'm going to get, I love asking kids that question. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. It's so hilarious to hear them talking. But in the Old Testament, we've heard hundred, for, for hundreds of years, you're going to get a gift. The prophets rehearsed it. A gift is coming. I'm about to unveil it. One book after another speaks of the gift that's going to bring. And then some shepherds are standing in a field keeping watch over their flocks by night and an angel of the Lord appears and says there is born unto you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They give them good tidings of great joy. Three things, okay? People who need joy. Weary people need joy. Weary people. Luke 2 and 8 we see the scripture about these shepherds, and I, I want you to see the context. This has been studied a great deal. Shepherds living near, nearby, living out in the field. Underline that in your notes. Living out in the field. Where do they live? Out in the field. They're not just working out in the field. They are living out in the field. This is their life story. They're guarding their flocks at night. Hard and a difficult life. So they're living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock. And that's where the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. Where are they living? Where? In the field. And that's where the Lord met them. He met them in the, in the field. So basically, these were professionally homeless individuals. They lived with sheep. So... Psalm 23 puts a lot of pressure on the shepherd. Anybody ever read Psalm 23? He provides, he leads, he comforts, he feeds, he fights, he protects, all of this. Now, I've met some weary people in my life, and it is often magnified at this time of the year. Because if you're a little weary uh, in, the, in the summer, sometimes you become a lot weary in this particular season. Am I going to have enough? So the good news of joy is for weary people. 
Shepherds were some of the most tired and weary people. Some say they were outcasts in Bethlehem. These were shepherds of Bethlehem. So it's quite possible that they were the shepherds of the high priest because the high priest ran this little business. Remember, remember the business? So you showed up to, to make your sacrifice and they had to examine whether or not your sheep were spotless or not. So you try to bring your lamb, you try to bring your sacrificial lamb there, but they were going to say, no, nope, no, nope, that's not good enough, but I happen to have a bargain for you right over here. And it's the, the, the sheep that they sold. It was kind of a monopoly. It was, it was underhanded. And then we have shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem that are actually taking care of those particular sheep. Oh, you're those guys. Those guys who work for those guys who are always costing me more money than I have. Nobody likes that. I mean, it, I mean, how rejected would these particular shepherds be? Also, if you were a shepherd, you probably smelled like sheep. Now, I'm not, don't point to anybody right now. Have you ever smelled somebody and thought, could have used the bath last night? Anybody ever? Now, I won't, I won't point to anybody in the house right now, but... On occasion, I might have had a hug from somebody that could have used up. So, so I want you to think about these people and walk up to them and ask them, hey, how's life? I've asked this question before, walking into a store or something, and, and I just, you know, I don't know what it is about me. I always like to make a little conversation, you know, getting some food, and I ask somebody, so how's life? And one young man looked over at me, Kind of looked around where he was at the little restaurant that he was working in, little sandwich shop, and said, I'm living the dream. <laughs> and uh, I understood what he was saying. Some people say that. Well, I'm living the dream. I'm broke, busted, disgusted. I'm living a dream. Right here where I, you know, I went, went to college for all those years. I'm working right here right now. And uh, what's your life like? What are you going through? Come on, brothers and sisters. Is there anybody in the room that's felt tired and weary lately? I, I love that the father sent an announcement to the shepherds because shepherding is at the heart of the message of the gospel and, and to discipleship in general. In John 10 and 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Can I talk to some of my freedom family? I regularly talk to the broken and to the outcast, but today, could I speak for a moment to some people that are leaders and workers. I want to talk to folks that you, you, you're involved, you, you've got ministry in your life, and, and you might say, you know, Pastor, you know, I, I work in the church. I'm never without joy. And maybe you ought to open the doors and let me preach to the ushers and the security team for a minute. And maybe I ought to open the back doors and preach to the people that are upstairs and downstairs taking care of children. Sometimes, can I tell you, I have felt empty before. Is there anybody else in the house? Sometimes I make, make me people that I have loved and who feel like they've been kicked to the curb. I, I have been attacked. Anybody been persecuted? Not like my brothers in chains in Muslim countries or those in communist China. But nevertheless, sometimes it seems very real. In this particular community, there are people that struggle with all kinds of things. You know, PTSD. Anybody ever heard of that? 
I mean, for me, it's pastoral traumatic stress disorder. You know, it's just, you just kind of keep working and keep walking and keep hoping and keep preaching and stand over there. And sometimes I pause and look around and say, why did they come back to church? What's going on in their life? What? And then the enemy starts whispering in my ear, well, if you had, if you had done this, if you had done that, and then the next thing you know, it's like, where'd my joy go? I have to stop and say, Lord, you have provided the joy for my life. And I tell you, when it comes to Christian workers and brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers and disciplers, I know your struggle. It's hard to keep people in the church these days. It's hard keeping workers in the body of Christ these days. Do you know how desperate we regularly are for people to help with children or to minister or to disciple others? You know how difficult that is? But I get it. I get it. You have a bad week or bad class. Somebody didn't show up. You don't get the phone call. Or you don't get the information. I ain't doing this anymore. Baby, it's not about you. It's about people desperately needing Jesus. Now, wait, wait. I'm not throwing guilt and shame on you. Anybody ever felt that way? Anybody ever felt that way? Anybody ever get up on a Sunday morning? I know one guy who did got up on Sunday morning and said, I ain't going to church today. I ain't going. People don't like me. They talk bad about me. Get weary. And his wife looked at him and said, you're the pastor of the church. You have to go. (laughs) Now, Jesus has an answer to this. You ready? It's in Luke chapter 6, verse 20. Here's what he said to his disciples who would become apostles. Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Come on, where where are my people that have ever related? And you can put whatever situation you are. Just put, blessed are you who are, and fill in the blank. This is why I'm tired. This is why I'm weary. I don't have enough money. I don't have have it. I I have people that are against me. I'm sad. I'm going through grief right now. Just lift your hand with me and say, I'm blessed. Say it, I'm blessed. Say it. No, say it, I'm blessed. All right? Now, then the scripture says, uh, he, he said, you will leap for joy. Rejoice in that day. Something's going to happen and you're going to leap. Say it. Leap for joy. Now some of you are going to understand this. The, the, the Greek word here is skirtao, skirtao, which refers to a quickening of an unborn child in the womb of a mother. Okay? So here's the deal. If you have a baby in your womb, that baby is totally provided for. The Lord has provided something called an umbilical cord. Right? You know what I'm talking about, Jenny? Okay. Provided inside of you. And that child, this is what that child will do. On occasion, this is what Diana can tell stories about this. We would go to church and the music would get going. And the baby inside of her would just go. 
Anybody ever had that happen? The baby just starts moving. What the scripture is talking about here is when you are going through it, I want you to know you might feel exposed, but you are inside of me. Amen. You are inside. Come on. You are inside of the Father. You are inside Amen. of me, and you are going to be provided for. Now, there is a moment in scripture in, John, in Luke chapter 1, verse 41. Elizabeth has her first meeting with Mary. Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Mary has just barely just conceived. She's visiting uh, Elizabeth. Well, she's probably, uh, Elizabeth's about nine months and Mary's probably about three months when she makes the trip to see her cousin, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is pregnant with John, who's going to be known as John the Baptist. And Mary is pregnant with God. Amen. I said she's pregnant with God. And so when Mary walks into the room, baby John the Baptist inside of her leaps for joy. Come on, any mamas imagine what that's like? Whoa! Whoa! Any, any people of God ever have a, a leaping inside of you? Anybody? You know what you need to do in your weariness? You need to go ahead and worship God. You need to go ahead and stay. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Get busy about the kingdom's work. Go ahead and trust that in the middle of your crisis, in the middle. Come on, weary people. I know you've been an outcast. I know you felt alone. I know you wonder if God is actually going to intervene. But your joy is not based on merely practical things. There is a joy that will bypass your pain, your circumstance, and bring a leaping on the inside of you. Any pregnant people in the house today? Anybody? No, I'm talking about pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Any pregnant people? Anybody pregnant? Come on. Anybody pregnant with dreams? Pregnant with vision? Pregnant with hope? And, and while I'm preaching the word to you, your daydream is jumping up and down on the inside of you. I know you've been persecuted. I know you've been in the field, but it's your time to leap. Now, there's another group of people that need to have joy, and it is these, these people. Truly repentant people will experience joy. Say it, repentant. Is it okay to still preach on repentance? Truly repentant people. Luke 3 is the ancient scripture of the Advent season, when we light the candle of Advent. And this is the one that has been used most. And it doesn't even use the word joy. It's a strange scripture regarding joy. Luke 3 and 7. Then he, John the Baptist, said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers! There's some preaching. Who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people ask him, saying, what should we do then? Is that all right to read on Sunday? Say it, brood of vipers. It's, uh, it's like saying, you guys are a bunch of snakes. You're a bunch of snakes. So when our theme is joy, I feel like I was just scolded by John the Baptist. 
Why? Why didn't he say brood of vipers? To get our attention. Ultimately, ultimately, it's the message of this. Okay? God will never abandon his people. Somebody said that. God will never abandon his people. But in a season when worth seems to be measured by all you can pile under a tree, we could use a reminder of where our joy truly comes from. Today is a day, a day of joy. So why am I such, in such a struggle with joy? Now, here's the context of John the Baptist. His story, of course, coincides with the story of the birth of Christ. John's pedigree, he is the son of Zechariah the priest, who had given up hope, but then the angel appears to him while he is in the presence of the Lord in the holy place, and the angel tells him, you're going to have a son. And he says, but my wife is barren. Her name is Elizabeth. She's barren. And God reminds him to never question God. And, and the angel of the Lord puts Zechariah on mute for the next nine months. I want you to just think about this for nine months. And in it, he is somehow reminded to respond with joy when God gifts you with life. So John is also a cousin to Jesus. And John knew his purpose from the beginning. Wouldn't you love that? How many would love that? From the very beginning, he knew his purpose. Now, personally, I love being a pastor and a spiritual father. That wasn't my original plan. I wasn't originally going to be a pastor, but God knew what I was going to do. And I'm privileged to do this. Now, hearing the longing and aching of people to be set free and the power of the message of the love of God is powerful. And I love seeing people set free. But John's message is the Savior has come. Prepare the way. Make your path straight. And he's bold and he's in your face. And he's going to proclaim the message of the Messiah, the kingdom of God. And he softens a bit when he says, I... I'm unworthy even to untie the shoes of the Messiah. So in the beginning, he sometimes comes off as a bit of a grouch. And he, and he makes this strange statement. It's, it's written in other places as well. He says, you brood of vipers. This is his message, which in my research, I found the evidence of his ancient meaning. Because sometimes when you make certain statements, there's got like this ancient meaning. So here's the ancient meaning, okay? Brood of vipers. Uh, in ancient times, a brood, a, a viper was a serpent that was poisonous, that was born in its, inside of its mother, and it used its new fangs to rip its mother's belly open to kill its mom in order that it might be born. Is there a worse statement to be made? You mother killers! Yeah, you thought I was going to say something else. Huh? Yeah. All, all the rest of God's people just woke up. You were born angry. You were born without care. And they said, well, Abraham's our dad. And he says, don't count on Abraham to save you. Don't jump into the, listen to what he's saying. Don't jump into the Jordan for baptism and stay the same way you were. Because I'm going to raise up a generation of Gentiles. And I've already laid an axe to the root of your religious hypocrisy. I'm not baptizing you so you can go on living a life of hate 
and continue to walk in perversion and sin. I'm baptizing you and I expect fruit for your repentance. Anybody want to hear that on Sunday morning? It's Christmas, somebody say, come on. And their hearts were cut. So he loved these people. How many know sometimes you got to tell people the truth? Somebody say repentance. Change. Fruit for my repentance. Repentance has never been, Lord, I'm sorry. No, that's an apology. Some people apologize to God. But if there's no change, then there is no difference. Well, you need to go say, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Okay. At least now we know where you are. Preach, Pastor. So their hearts were cut, and they, and, they, and they say, what shall we do? And this is what he said, what shall we do then? He answered to them, if you have two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. The tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, and what shall we do? So he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. So can, can I just make this a little simple? Okay. He says, I want you to practically look at your life and what you're doing. I want you to be honest. I want you to be kind. And I want you to be generous. Amen. I want you to be honest. Come on. I want you to be honest. I want you to be kind. And I want you to be generous. Come on. If, uh, listen, if you're walking in anger, if people are afraid to be around you, if you're not walking in kindness, come on. If you're not generous, you say, I'm generous. Come on. There are people that you know that are in need. Anybody glad to be a part of a generous church? That's where you go to church. There's a lot of generosity here. But, but when I say, be honest, be kind, share what you have with those who do not have anything. I mean, could you imagine what it's like to shop at a food pantry instead of Walmart or Wegmans? I'm blessed to give from our cupboards here. Anybody else? In a season when you drive by houses with all the lights, you sometimes think they must have it all together. I love Christmas lights. I, I get a, a, a joy out of it. But we are called to be light in a very dark world. Work hard. Anybody get this? Anybody get this? How many of you have been caught taking a nap when you were supposed to have been working before? Anybody? Work. But work with joy, honesty, and with compassion. Could I just suggest that some of us have never experienced the true joy that we could have if we would just act on our repentance. Yes. How often do you make an effort to help others and be kind to others? How often do you put effort into the relationships that matter most to you? How often do you take time to be thankful for the good things in your life? And could I add to this since we're saying what shall we do? Perhaps we should repent for the ways that we treat others. How often do you treat yourself right? How often do you get the rest that you need? How often do you do things that have true purpose? How often do you, do you uh, stretch yourself to embrace new possibilities? How often are you kind to yourself and affirm yourself as a good gift? How often do you do things that fulfill your God-given purpose? Come on. Some of us need to repent of the ways that we treat ourselves. 
Some of us need to go back to the water and experience a fresh baptism accompanied by the Spirit. I like Joyce Meyer's statements on how to have true joy. Be led by the Spirit. Simplify your life. Pray with boldness. Be quick to forgive. Obey God. Be yourself. Stop trying to be somebody else. Let God invade every area of your life. Repent. Somebody shout repent. Repent. Make a change in your life. All right. You want joy? The other thing we need to do is embrace God's ultimate gift, which is eternal life. He says, do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. All people. Uh, grandkids are fun. Can I get a grandpa amen right now? Grandpa, yeah. amen. Uh, I, um, I can't wait for my kids to all get here and, and we'll, we'll go somewhere and we'll celebrate like Traditions. One of our traditions is I get out my Uncle Larry's old BB gun that hangs in my garage and we'll go somewhere and shoot targets with it. But it was here last Wednesday night. You know what I'm talking about right now. There are people in this room that are struggling simply because it's this time of the year. And I, I do a little bit. We, I was with some of the elders and we had dinner this past week together. And uh, we were over it. Anybody been to Captain George's before? All right. That's almost like making a mortgage payment sometimes. But, uh, I was most blessed looking around because uh, Curtis and Tiffany were there. And they had Stella and Sophia that were there, which are Steve and Charlotte Oliva's great grandchildren. So we're eating crab legs. I don't know if they could care less about the crab legs. Sophia's just running around because there weren't that many people there. And she's running around. I was just, you know, looking around. And I was thinking about and covering up my tears because I was thinking about the first time that I'd ever been there. And it was with some people who were founders, some people who built this particular place. And I, I was just missing them and enjoying just their memories. I was thinking of Mom Pop Vol. I was thinking of Cindy Martin. I was thinking of... Helen and Jesse, I was thinking of Sister Esther, I was thinking about the original pastors, Troy and Nell Simmons, who were good friends of mine, and, and uh, Sister Ruby and Sister Inky, so many others, but people that just in this past year we have said farewell to, and sometimes it wearies me. I miss people, and I want to see them again. My family members, listen, can I tell you, every Christmas I miss my mom again, all right, I just... Anybody like that? I just miss my mama and I think about her. I miss my grandparents. I miss my, gra my great-grandparents. I miss them all. I miss my relatives. And I'm getting to that age where I remember way back. But I, the Lord has blessed me with joy during that season. He's given me dreams until I remember like I had a dream where I met my mother in heaven. I actually walked to where she was. She was sitting in some flowers. She was young and she was beautiful. And I walked over to her and she embraced me. And I laid my head down on her lap. And she blessed me. And then we just parted and I had to go back to where I lived. And uh, she stayed there. But I felt like God gifted me with a heavenly visitation that particular day. I've had other dreams such as that and dreams of myself going away. Uh, and for my, myself, uh, in the last couple of years, we've thought heavily about that giant in our family, Diana's dad. Many of you knew Paul Davis, who lived with us for some time. And, and we just miss him so much. And sometimes uh, there is a precious 
presence of the Lord. I'm speaking to people who have loss in their lives right now. Loss, pain, and sorrow. But I remember when Diana's dad died, we were at the hospital. We had to leave his body there, and we got in the car, and we pulled out on the highway out of Columbus, Ohio, and I turned the radio on. Just as I turned the radio on, Mercy Me started singing Finally Home. Bam. What? Now, I, if I could have called and made a request, or if I'd have had it you know, on a thumb drive or a CD or something, I could have played it, and that would have been perfect. I would have been like the man. Because Diana lost her daddy, and I'm playing Finally Home by Mercy Me. But no. God arranged it. Anybody know the song I'm talking about? I don't have time or I get a guitar and sing it for you right now, but I don't play guitar that well, but I ain't bad. Okay? Better than some of you, anyway. Just stand with me as I close. Gonna wrap my arms around my daddy's neck. And tell him that I miss him. And tell him all about the man that I became. And hope that it pleased him. There's so much I want to say. There's so much I want you to know. When I finally make it home. Anybody believe in heaven? Wave at me. Anybody believe in heaven? Then I'll gaze upon the throne of the king, frozen in my steps. And all the questions that I swore I would ask, words just won't come yet. So amazed at what I've seen, so much more than this old mind can hold. When I finally make it home, Anybody believe that, Dave? You believe that? It's tough, isn't it? Dave's been grieving ever since Bonnie. Sometimes it's hard to walk out the door, isn't it, David? Just thinking about Bonnie and the way she's passed. Thinking about your brother, thinking about your family, thinking about a wife, John. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you that there is great joy in our eternal promise. Isaiah 35 and 10. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 11 and 6. In that day the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lay down with the baby goat and the calf, the yearling, will be safe with the lion and a little child will lead lions around. Anybody believe I'm telling the truth here? Revelation 21. Then I saw John. Then I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Read this with me. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. 
Anybody want to rejoice right now? So there are three things here. There are those who are leaders and workers in the church that need to be blessed today. Secondly, there are those in this room that need to truly repent today. And thirdly, there are those that are grieving that need to find their joy in the midst of their grief. Can I get an amen from somebody in the house? Bow your heads with me. Would you just bow your heads? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I need to shake some of the dust off of my life. I need my life to be changed. Those of you who would agree with me that you need to find your joy. I want you to take that little communion cup in your hand and walk down to the altar and stand with me. Those of you who are struggling with joy, true joy, just the peace in your life. Come on, do it right now. Just take that cup and just walk down to the front with me. Come and stand with me. Come and stand with me. I'm struggling. I feel like I, I need repentance. I need my life to change. I, I've been working in the church, but I need real joy. I need something that passes all understanding. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everybody in the house, join me. Go ahead, open up your cup. Open up your cup. Open up your cup. Today, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with joy. Let's go ahead. Bow your heads for a moment. Let's say this before we go and let's reset and let's say this. Lord, I repent. Say it. I repent. I turn from bitterness. I turn from the sorrow. I turn from those things which are unlike you. Today, I want to be filled with you. Fill my life. Fill me. Overflow me. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we do more than apologize today. We say that we turn from those things that are unlike you. When we leave here, we're going to leave with a fresh kindness, a fresh generosity. We're going to leave with a fresh calling. And Father, we're going to celebrate those who have worked so hard that we miss mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, family members and friends who have already left. But we're going to celebrate that one day we're all going to be together again. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. We're going to receive this meal that heals today. Take the bread in your hand. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for the night that you were betrayed. You took bread. And said, take it and eat it. This is my body. So Lord Jesus, we take and eat this. Knowing that because you were broken, we don't have to continually be broken. In the name of Christ, take and eat the bread. And now Lord, come, just be inside of us. We receive this cup. 
We give you thanks for your blood that forgives us, that removes all of our sin. But today, as we drink from this cup, we pray in the name of Christ that our lives would be refilled with joy. That you would forgive us of our sin. That you would reset us on a path of peace and joy. We receive the good tidings. We receive the good news. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive the cup. Now pause. You can lay the paper down or whatever you want to do. But let's lift our hands now. Come on, everybody lift your hands. Lord Jesus, we give you thanksgiving for your grace. We praise you, Lord, for joy unspeakable and full of glory. We thank you for the good news that we don't have to be stuck this way any longer. Lord, we've come to this altar, we've come to this church, and we are ready to be changed. Fill us with your joy. When we see our family today, we pray, Lord, that we would see them as a gift. When we go to work tomorrow, we pray, Lord, that we would see it as an opportunity. That we would say, truly, we are living the life. That we are blessed beyond measure. And Lord Jesus, with whatever diagnosis, with whatever we face, we give you thanksgiving. That life is more than being upon this earth. That there is eternal joy. We receive your freedom now in Jesus' name. Just stay right where you are. Everybody stay right where you are. I want altar workers to come and stand and just move around these people and just bless them. Would you do that? Move swiftly if you would. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would touch us. I pray that you would fill us with your grace and with your peace. In the name of Jesus, as we adore you, everybody in the house worship him. We worship you. We give you thanksgiving. We give you praise. We give you honor. For you are good. Just stay there. We're going to pray with you for a moment. I'm just going to minister to you. Take a moment and minister to those that are here. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. Before you leave in the peace of Christ, I want you to bless each other. Be dismissed when you choose. God bless you all.